book two of laws by plato translated by benjamin jowett this librivox recording is in the public domain book two part one athenian and now we have to consider whether the insight into human nature is the only benefit derived from well-ordered potations or whether there are not other advantages great and much to be desired the argument seems to imply that there are but how and in what way these are to be attained will have to be considered attentively or we may be entangled in error cleinias proceed athenian let me once more recall our doctrine of right education which if i am not mistaken depends on the due regulation of convivial intercourse cleinias you talk rather grandly athenian pleasure and pain i maintain to be the first perceptions of children and i say that they are the forms under which virtue and vice are originally present to them as to wisdom and true and fixed opinions happy is the man who acquires them even when declining in years and we may say that he who possesses them and the blessings which are contained in them is a perfect man now i mean by education that training which is given by suitable habits to the first instincts of virtue in children when pleasure and friendship and pain and hatred are rightly implanted in souls not yet capable of understanding the nature of them and who find them after they have attained reason to be in harmony with her this harmony of the soul taken as a whole is virtue but the particular training in respect of pleasure and pain which leads you always to hate what you ought to hate and love what you ought to love from the beginning of life to the end may be separated off and in my view will be rightly called education cleinias i think stranger that you are quite right in all that you have said and are saying about education athenian i am glad to hear that you agree with me for indeed the discipline of pleasure and pain which when rightly ordered is a principle of education has been often relaxed and corrupted in human life and the gods pitying the toils which our race is born to undergo have appointed holy festivals wherein men alternate rest with labour and have given them the muses and apollo the leader of the muses and dionysus to be companions in their revels that they may improve their education by taking part in the festival of the gods and with their help i should like to know whether a common saying is in our opinion true to nature or not for men say that the young of all creatures cannot be quiet in their bodies or in their voices they are always wanting to move and cry out some leaping and skipping and overflowing with sportiveness and delight at something others uttering all sorts of cries but whereas the animals have no perception of order or disorder in their movements that is of rhythm or harmony as they are called to us the gods who as we say have been appointed to be our companions in the dance have given the pleasurable sense of harmony and rhythm 
and so they stir us into life and we follow them joining hands together in dances and songs and these they call choruses which is a term naturally expressive of cheerfulness shall we begin then with the acknowledgment that education is first given through apollo and the muses what do you say cleinias i assent athenian and the uneducated is he who has not been trained in the chorus and the educated is he who has been well trained cleinias certainly athenian and the chorus is made up of two parts dance and song cleinias true athenian then he who is well educated will be able to sing and dance well cleinias i suppose that he will athenian let us see what are we saying cleinias what athenian he sings well and dances well now must we add that he sings what is good and dances what is good cleinias let us make the addition athenian we will suppose that he knows the good to be good and the bad to be bad and makes use of them accordingly which now is the better trained in dancing and music he who is able to move his body and to use his voice in what is understood to be the right manner but has no delight in good or hatred of evil or he who is incorrect in gesture and voice but is right in his sense of pleasure and pain and welcomes what is good and is offended at what is evil cleinias there is a great difference stranger in the two kinds of education athenian if we three know what is good in song and dance then we truly know also who is educated and who is uneducated but if not then we certainly shall not know wherein lies the safeguard of education and whether there is any or not cleinias true athenian let us follow the scent like hounds and go in pursuit of beauty of figure and melody and song and dance if these escape us there will be no use in talking about true education whether hellenic or barbarian cleinias yes athenian and what is beauty of figure or beautiful melody when a manly soul is in trouble and when a cowardly soul is in similar case are they likely to use the same figures and gestures or to give utterance to the same sounds cleinias how can they when the very colours of their faces differ athenian good my friend i may observe however in passing that in music there certainly are figures and there are melodies and music is concerned with harmony and rhythm so that you may speak of a melody or figure having good rhythm or good harmony the term is correct enough but to speak metaphorically of a melody or figure having a good colour as the masters of choruses do is not allowable although you can speak of the melodies or figures of the brave and the coward praising the one and censuring the other and not to be tedious let us say that the figures and melodies which are expressive of virtue of soul or body or of images of virtue are without exception good and those which are expressive of vice are the reverse of good 
cleinias your suggestion is excellent and let us answer that these things are so athenian once more are all of us equally delighted with every sort of dance cleinias far otherwise athenian what then leads us astray are beautiful things not the same to us all or are they the same in themselves but not in our opinion of them for no one will admit that forms of vice in the dance are more beautiful than forms of virtue or that he himself delights in the forms of vice and others in a muse of another character and yet most persons say that the excellence of music is to give pleasure to our souls but this is intolerable and blasphemous there is however a much more plausible account of the delusion cleinias what athenian the adaptation of art to the characters of men choric movements are imitations of manners occurring in various actions fortunes dispositions each particular is imitated and those to whom the words or songs or dances are suited either by nature or habit or both cannot help feeling pleasure in them and applauding them and calling them beautiful but those whose natures or ways or habits are unsuited to them cannot delight in them or applaud them and they call them base there are others again whose natures are right and their habits wrong or whose habits are right and their natures wrong and they praise one thing but are pleased at another for they say that all these imitations are pleasant but not good and in the presence of those whom they think wise they are ashamed of dancing and singing in the baser manner or of deliberately lending any countenance to such proceedings and yet they have a secret pleasure in them cleinias very true athenian and is any harm done to the lover of vicious dances or songs or any good done to the approver of the opposite sort of pleasure cleinias i think that there is athenian i think is not the word but i would say rather i am certain for must they not have the same effect as when a man associates with bad characters whom he likes and approves rather than dislikes and only censures playfully because he has a suspicion of his own badness in that case he who takes pleasure in them will surely become like those in whom he takes pleasure even though he be ashamed to praise them and what greater good or evil can any destiny ever make us undergo cleinias i know of none athenian then in a city which has good laws or in future ages is to have them bearing in mind the instruction and amusement which are given by music can we suppose that the poets are to be allowed to teach in the dance anything which they themselves like in the way of rhythm or melody or words to the young children of any well-conditioned parents is the poet to train his choruses as he pleases without reference to virtue or vice cleinias that is surely quite unreasonable and is not to be thought of athenian and yet he may do this in almost any state with the exception of egypt 
cleinias and what are the laws about music and dancing in egypt athenian you will wonder when i tell you long ago they appear to have recognized the very principle of which we are now speaking that their young citizens must be habituated to forms and strains of virtue these they fixed and exhibited the patterns of them in their temples and no painter or artist is allowed to innovate upon them or to leave the traditional forms and invent new ones to this day no alteration is allowed either in these arts or in music at all and you will find that their works of art are painted or moulded in the same forms which they had ten thousand years ago this is literally true and no exaggeration their ancient paintings and sculptures are not a whit better or worse than the work of to-day but are made with just the same skill cleinias how extraordinary athenian i should rather say how statesmanlike how worthy of a legislator i know that other things in egypt are not so well but what i am telling you about music is true and deserving of consideration because showing that a lawgiver may institute melodies which have a natural truth and correctness without any fear of failure to do this however must be the work of god or of a divine person in egypt they have a tradition that their ancient chants which have been preserved for so many ages are the composition of the goddess isis and therefore as i was saying if a person can only find in any way the natural melodies he may confidently embody them in a fixed and legal form for the love of novelty which arises out of pleasure in the new and weariness of the old has not strength enough to corrupt the consecrated song and dance under the plea that they have become antiquated at any rate they are far from being corrupted in egypt cleinias your arguments seem to prove your point athenian may we not confidently say that the true use of music and of choral festivities is as follows we rejoice when we think that we prosper and again we think that we prosper when we rejoice cleinias exactly athenian and when rejoicing in our good fortune we are unable to be still cleinias true athenian our young men break forth into dancing and singing and we who are their elders deem that we are fulfilling our part in life when we look on at them having lost our agility we delight in their sports and merry-making because we love to think of our former selves and gladly institute contests for those who are able to awaken in us the memory of our youth cleinias very true athenian is it altogether unmeaning to say as the common people do about festivals that he should be adjudged the wisest of men and the winner of the palm who gives us the greatest amount of pleasure and mirth for on such occasions and when mirth is the order of the day ought not he to be honoured most and as i was saying bear the palm who gives most mirth to the greatest number now is this a true way of speaking or of acting 
cleinias possibly athenian but my dear friend let us distinguish between different cases and not be hasty in forming a judgment one way of considering the question will be to imagine a festival at which there are entertainments of all sorts including gymnastic musical and equestrian contests the citizens are assembled prizes are offered and proclamation is made that any one who likes may enter the lists and that he is to bear the palm who gives the most pleasure to the spectators there is to be no regulation about the manner how but he who is most successful in giving pleasure is to be crowned victor and deemed to be the pleasantest of the candidates what is likely to be the result of such a proclamation cleinias in what respect athenian there would be various exhibitions one man like homer will exhibit a rhapsody another a performance on the lute one will have a tragedy and another a comedy nor would there be anything astonishing in some one imagining that he could gain the prize by exhibiting a puppet-show suppose these competitors to meet and not these only but innumerable others as well can you tell me who ought to be the victor cleinias i do not see how any one can answer you or pretend to know unless he has heard with his own ears the several competitors the question is absurd athenian well then if neither of you can answer shall i answer this question which you deem so absurd cleinias by all means athenian if very small children are to determine the question they will decide for the puppet show cleinias of course athenian the older children will be advocates of comedy educated women and young men and people in general will favour tragedy cleinias very likely athenian and i believe that we old men would have the greatest pleasure in hearing a rhapsodist recite well the iliad and odyssey or one of the hesiodic poems and would award the victory to him but who would really be the victor that is the question cleinias yes athenian clearly you and i will have to declare that those whom we old men adjudge victors ought to win for our ways are far and away better than any which at present exist anywhere in the world cleinias certainly athenian thus far i too should agree with the many that the excellence of music is to be measured by pleasure but the pleasure must not be that of chance persons the fairest music is that which delights the best and best educated and especially that which delights the one man who is pre-eminent in virtue and education and therefore the judges must be men of character for they will require both wisdom and courage the true judge must not draw his inspiration from the theatre nor ought he to be unnerved by the clamour of the many and his own incapacity nor again knowing the truth ought he through cowardice and unmanliness carelessly to deliver a lying judgment with the very same lips which have just appealed to the gods before he judged 
he is sitting not as the disciple of the theatre but in his proper place as their instructor and he ought to be the enemy of all pandering to the pleasure of the spectators the ancient and common custom of hellas which still prevails in italy and sicily did certainly leave the judgment to the body of spectators who determined the victor by show of hands but this custom has been the destruction of the poets for they are now in the habit of composing with a view to please the bad taste of their judges and the result is that the spectators instruct themselves and also it has been the ruin of the theatre they ought to be having characters put before them better than their own and so receiving a higher pleasure but now by their own act the opposite result follows what inference is to be drawn from all this shall i tell you cleinias what athenian the inference at which we arrive for the third or fourth time is that education is the constraining and directing of youth towards that right reason which the law affirms and which the experience of the eldest and best has agreed to be truly right in order then that the soul of the child may not be habituated to feel joy and sorrow in a manner at variance with the law and those who obey the law but may rather follow the law and rejoice in sorrow at the same things as the aged in order i say to produce this effect chants appear to have been invented which really enchant and are designed to implant that harmony of which we speak and because the mind of the child is incapable of enduring serious training they are called plays and songs and are performed in play just as when men are sick and ailing in their bodies their attendants give them wholesome diet in pleasant meats and drinks but unwholesome diet in disagreeable things in order that they may learn as they ought to like the one and to dislike the other and similarly the true legislator will persuade and if he cannot persuade will compel the poet to express as he ought by fair and noble words in his rhythms the figures and in his melodies the music of temperate and brave and in every way good men cleinias but do you really imagine stranger that this is the way in which poets generally compose in states at the present day as far as i can observe except among us and among the lacedaemonians there are no regulations like those of which you speak in other places novelties are always being introduced in dancing and in music generally not under the authority of any law but at the instigation of lawless pleasures and these pleasures are so far from being the same as you describe the egyptian to be or having the same principles that they are never the same athenian most true cleinias and i dare say that i may have expressed myself obscurely and so led you to imagine that i was speaking of some really existing state of things whereas i was only saying what regulations i would like to have about music and hence there occurred a misapprehension on your part 
for when evils are far gone and irremediable the task of centring them is never pleasant although at times necessary but as we do not really differ will you let me ask you whether you consider such institutions to be more prevalent among the cretans and lacedaemonians than among the other hellenes cleinias certainly they are athenian and if they were extended to the other hellenes would it be an improvement on the present state of things cleinias a very great improvement if the customs which prevail among them were such as prevail among us and the lacedaemonians and such as you were just now saying ought to prevail athenian let us see whether we understand one another are not the principles of education and music which prevail among you as follows you compel your poets to say that the good man if he be temperate and just is fortunate and happy and this whether he be great and strong or small and weak and whether he be rich or poor and on the other hand if he have a wealth passing that of cineras or midas and be unjust he is wretched and lives in misery as the poet says and with truth i sing not i care not about him who accomplishes all noble things not having justice let him who draws near and stretches out his hand against his enemies be a just man but if he be unjust i would not have him look calmly upon bloody death nor surpass in swiftness the thracian boreas and let no other thing that is called good ever be his for the goods of which the many speak are not really good first in the catalogue is placed health beauty next wealth third and then innumerable others as for example to have a keen eye or a quick ear and in general to have all the senses perfect or again to be a tyrant and do as you like and the final consummation of happiness is to have acquired all these things and when you have acquired them to become at once immortal but you and i say that while to the just and holy all these things are the best of possessions to the unjust they are all including even health the greatest of evils for in truth to have sight and hearing and the use of the senses or to live at all without justice and virtue even though a man be rich in all the so-called goods of fortune is the greatest of evils if life be immortal but not so great if the bad man lives only a very short time these are the truths which if i am not mistaken you will persuade or compel your poets to utter with suitable accompaniments of harmony and rhythm and in these they must train up your youth am i not right for i plainly declare that evils as they are termed are goods to the unjust and only evils to the just and that goods are truly good to the good but evil to the evil let me ask again are you and i agreed about this cleinias i think that we partly agree and partly do not athenian when a man has health and wealth 
and a tyranny which lasts and when he is preeminent in strength and courage and has the gift of immortality and none of the so-called evils which counterbalance these goods but only the injustice and insolence of his own nature of such an one you are i suspect unwilling to believe that he is miserable rather than happy cleinias that is quite true athenian once more suppose that he be valiant and strong and handsome and rich and does throughout his whole life whatever he likes still if he be unrighteous and insolent would not both of you agree that he will of necessity live basely you will surely grant so much cleinias certainly athenian and an evil life too cleinias i am not equally disposed to grant that athenian will he not live painfully and to his own disadvantage cleinias how can i possibly say so athenian how then may heaven make us to be of one mind for now we are of two to me dear cleinias the truth of what i am saying is as plain as the fact that crete is an island and if i were a lawgiver i would try to make the poets and all the citizens speak in this strain and i would inflict the heaviest penalties on any one in all the land who should dare to say that there are bad men who lead pleasant lives or that the profitable and gainful is one thing and the just another and there are many other matters about which i should make my citizens speak in a manner different from the cretans and lacedaemonians of this age and i may say indeed from the world in general for tell me my good friends by zeus and apollo tell me if i were to ask these same gods who were your legislators is not the most just life also the pleasantest or are there two lives one of which is the justest and the other the pleasantest and they were to reply that there are two and thereupon i proceeded to ask that would be the right way of pursuing the inquiry which are the happier those who lead the justest or those who lead the pleasantest life and they replied those who lead the pleasantest that would be a very strange answer which i should not like to put into the mouth of the gods the words will come with more propriety from the lips of fathers and legislators and therefore i will repeat my former questions to one of them and suppose him to say again that he who leads the pleasantest life is the happiest and to that i rejoin o oh, my father did you not wish me to live as happily as possible and yet you also never cease telling me that i should live as justly as possible now here the giver of the rule whether he be legislator or father will be in a dilemma and will in vain endeavour to be consistent with himself but if he were to declare that the justest life is also the happiest every one hearing him would inquire if i am not mistaken what is that good and noble principle in life which the law approves and which is superior to pleasure for what good can the just man have which is separated from pleasure shall we say that glory and fame coming from gods and men though good and noble are nevertheless unpleasant and infamy pleasant certainly not sweet legislator or shall we say that the not doing of wrong 
and there being no wrong done is good and honourable although there is no pleasure in it and that the doing wrong is pleasant but evil and base cleinias impossible athenian the view which identifies the pleasant and the pleasant and the just and the good and the noble has an excellent moral and religious tendency and the opposite view is most at variance with the designs of the legislator and is in his opinion infamous for no one if he can help will be persuaded to do that which gives him more pain than pleasure but as distant prospects are apt to make us dizzy especially in childhood the legislator will try to purge away the darkness and exhibit the truth he will persuade the citizens in some way or other by customs and praises and words that just and unjust are shadows only and that injustice which seems opposed to justice when contemplated by the unjust and evil man appears pleasant and the just most unpleasant but that from the just man's point of view the very opposite is the appearance of both of them cleinias true end of book two part one